Hi folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, as always, whatever y'all are up to at this point, and I appreciate y'all giving me a little bit of your time. Um, no puppy dogs, no anybody. <laughs> so, it's just hot and still. we take one of our little walks. And I meant to pull a quote before this podcast, and I forgot. But, you know, Lincoln, so many presidents, but the one that popped into my mind was Lincoln. Talked about the need to acknowledge God. And so many of our leaders have talked about the, and the need to acknowledge the blessings of God. And... I know for me personally, I don't, don't do a great job of that. <laughs> I ask for a lot of things. I tell God what I need, what I want, uh, beg and plead. But, and I, I, I tell him thank you. Uh, I'm just pretty sure I don't tell him often enough. So I, I think, I don't know, we'll see. But more often at least, I want to start the podcast, think about something, whatever it is, there's got to be something, even if it's something that you think is small and almost insignificant, that you're grateful for today, and and tell God, thank you for that, express that to him, you know, health, uh, <laughs> these days, in the summer, electricity, air conditioning, maybe, because there are quite a few people that don't have that. And we've just got to get back to that as a nation. And the way to start that is, of course, individually. Um, because unlike economics, trickle-up economics doesn't work. But trickle-up faith does work. <laughs> so, all right, we'll get going. We're going to talk about... We've talked about this before. It's been a little bit, uh, and we've talked about it from a different angle. But we're going to talk about the role of the Ten Commandments in America today. And Ten Commandments is really, this this connection is important because it shows, which we show time and again on this podcast, folks, but it shows specifically that this connection was not just some random <clears throat> religion or, or deist, deistic faith that the founders and subsequent leaders had, that it was a, it was a deep understanding of the relationship specifically between God the Father of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, between the teachings of Christ, uh, the Bible, and America, and how important that relationship was which is apparent when you look at the writings, uh, the, the votes, the laws enacted early on. And we're going to talk about quite a few of these. I'm pulling pretty extensively today, by the way, from the Founders Bible. A lot of phenomenal references and resources there. Um, it's quite an education. Uh, highly recommend it if you don't have one. Uh, you can pull these quotes, these, these, this information, you can pull it from a number of sources. That's just one that I go to often, at least to start with. And 
and it's really great. It's phenomenal. The editor, David Barton, I believe, uh, did a real good job, he and, and the team that worked on it. So the first thing I wanted to do is just make a couple of, read a couple of quotes by our founders, their comments about the Ten Commandments. So one of the signers of the Declaration, John Witherspoon, the Ten Commandments are the sum of the moral law. And if you remember, we've talked about Blackstone a few times. We'll go back for sure and talk about him again. But he he was one of the most cited sources for our founders and, and really explained this moral law, this nature's law and uh, God's law, the, particularly talked about in the Declaration of Independence. This was goes back to Christianity and the law contained, Blackstone said specifically, the law contained in the Holy Scriptures, referring to the Bible. So when we say moral law or nature's law, law of nature, that's what they're talking about. Noah Webster, the moral law is summarily contained in the Decalogue or Ten Commandments, written by the finger of God on two tablets of stone and delivered to Moses on Mount Sinai. William Penn We've talked about him a little bit, uh, agreed that the Ten Commandments were a huge deal. I'm not going to read a quote from him, actually, but uh, John Quincy Adams, who we've talked about often, vain indeed would be the search among the writings of profane antiquity to find so broad, so complete, and so solid a basis for morality as this Decalogue, Ten Commandments, lays down. Something popping in my head here, folks. We talk about this often. You don't have to be a Christian in order to be an American. But as Americans, if we don't follow the principles of Christ, we can't have our republic. And so it's it's not just valid for Christians in America. It's valid for all Americans that we, we have to follow these principles laid out in the Bible and New Testament by God and Jesus Christ, his son, regardless of if we choose to accept him, which I would recommend as our Lord and Savior, for our republic to work, for this freedom and liberty that is unique in the entire history of the world to work, it has to go back to the teachings of Christ. And and Christ, when you read through the New Testament, he didn't come to erase the law. He came to fulfill it. And so the basis, you got to go back to the Ten Commandments and and Christ's two great commandments: love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and seek first God and His kingdom and His righteousness. So, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So, I guess it's it's kind of a three part. All right. So, so our founders understood the importance of the Ten Commandments. So, what I'll read through is is just a little bit. I, I'm just going to kind of go through the first five commandments today. We'll come back and hit the second five tomorrow. And we'll reiterate a couple of these things because it's good muscle memory, right? A couple of these quotes about how important these 10 commandments are. But, well, we'll get going. So the first of the 10 commandments is to have no other gods before God. And in Connecticut, in 1642, this was a comment. If any man, after legal conviction, shall have or worship any god, any other god but the Lord God, he shall be put 
to death. It's pretty harsh, right? Uh, so obviously, at that time, you know, you, you talk about how often we talk about Christopher Columbus, uh, at least once a year, and that everybody the left wants to point to greed and selfishness and just what an evil man he was. But when you read through, you see that his primary goal was spreading Christianity. And obviously it worked because two centuries later, Christianity was woven into the fabric of America before we were even a republic. The second of the Ten Commandments, have no idols. A 1680 New Hampshire law declared idolatry. It is enacted by ye assembly and ye authority thereof. Yet if any person having had the knowledge of the true God openly and manifestly have or worship any other God but the Lord God, he shall be put to death. Again, that's a pretty harsh penalty, right? Might change the face of our country if we went back that direction a little bit instead of the this leftist appeasement, everybody gets to do what everybody wants to do. Uh, it's important to note, and this is a comment from uh, Barton in this Founder's Bible. Reading such early statutes and the ones that follow can give the impression that the death penalty was freely applied to almost any crime in America, but such was not the case. This fact becomes apparent when comparing American laws with their European counterparts for the same period as affirmed by early American historian Daniel Dorchester. When the Mayflower left England in 1620, 31 offenses were punishable with death in the mother country. By the middle of that century, the blacklist had enlarged to 223, of which 176 were without the benefit of the clergy. There were no exceptions. How far in advance the New England colonies were is evident from the fact that not a single colony code recognized more than 15 capital crimes. So when you look at 220-something or 170-something over in Britain at the time, and, and there was no colony that had more than 15 here, you've got to kind of put it in reference, right? Uh, and we'll, at some point down the road, uh, if we haven't really hammered that yet, we'll talk about capital punishment. And, and our founders' view of it and, and how it works in America. Three, the third of the Ten Commandments, honor God's name. And this is a quote from Noah Webster. When in obedience to the third commandment of the Decalogue, you would avoid profane swearing, you are to remember that this alone is not a full compliance with the prohibition which comprehends all irreverent words or actions, and whatever tends to cast contempt on the supreme being or on his word and ordinances, i.e. blasphemy. Our guineas have decided that they uh, something is wrong that they don't like, which is really pretty frequent. You would be surprised if you've never had guineas before. Uh, do not get them if you don't like or if you are opposed to loud birds. As I'm sure you all have gotten the opinion to this podcast. So uh, Webster here was saying not only avoiding profane swearing, right, any irreverent words or actions, whatever tends to cast contempt on God and his word and ordinance, 
when you honor God's name, we have a responsibility. And so here again, you know, this is one of our early great leaders, Noah Webster, right? Webster's Dictionary, big deal. I can't remember the title that they gave him. Maybe Schoolmaster of America or something like that. I'll have to go back. I've said it here before. Some of y'all with better memories than mine probably can pull it up, uh, which is great. That's why we have to keep going back over it so often. But so this was a big deal. This was not, our founders didn't push God into a corner. Our, our great leaders in our country early on, they didn't want Christianity pushed back to some closet. They knew that we needed him and, and talked about it frequently and openly. And so when you hear the left talking about that we're not a Christian nation, that we're a secular nation, it's just, it's not true. And you can see this. I mean, this, this is the history of our nation even before we were a nation in some cases. But certainly after it, when you're talking about John Quincy Adams and Noah Webster and others. So the fourth, honor the Sabbath day. Uh, there's a ton of examples here, folks. I'm not going to read through all of them. But uh, George Washington had a number of orders that he gave directing the Sabbath to be observed. The commander in chief, this is just one example, the commander in chief directs that divine service be performed every Sunday at 11 o'clock. It is expected, not, not an option, folks, it's expected that officers of all ranks will, by their attendance, set an example to their men. So as the country is being founded, the father of our country, right, talks about the fact that you will honor the Sabbath. Not, now, look, it's important to note, we've talked about this before, this is not the Jewish holy day. This is not the Muslim holy day. Specifically talking about the Christian, the Sabbath, the holy day of God, the Father, of Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. This is a big deal, folks, because there's this lie out there that's been perpetuated that we talk about often here that that we're supposed to treat all religions equally, and we're not. That's not at all what the founders intended, at all. Run through a few specific examples. 1912 Supreme Court of Missouri. It is provided that if the governor does not return a bill within 10 days, Sundays accepted, can any impartial mind deny that it contains a recognition of the Lord's day as a day exempted by law from all worldly pursuits? The framers of the Constitution then recognized Sunday as a day to be observed, acting themselves under a law which exacted a compulsive observance of it. Sunday was recognized as a day of rest. So the Supreme Court in Missouri in 1912 was saying, look, this is written into right? The the Lord's Day was written into the, by the framers of the Constitution. They were talking about the Sabbath. So you hear often that, well, God's never mentioned in the Constitution. Great. But our founders, that was their whole frame of reference was Christianity and God. 1950, Supreme Court of Mississippi, Sunday laws have a divine origin. After the six days of creation, the Creator Himself rested on the seventh. Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Thus, the Sabbath was instituted as a day of rest. The original ex example 
was later confirmed as a commandment when the law was handed down from Mount Sinai. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, Exodus 28. So again, another state Supreme Court. Right, this is Mississippi talking about the importance of the Sabbath, referring to the Bible again. The idea, folks, that we're not a Christian, that we weren't born a Christian republic is, is absolutely ludicrous the more you dig into it. So when you hear people say we can't have the Bible as the center piece of our public institutions, particularly our education, look at what's happening to our kids today, know that that's just not true. When you hear somebody, it doesn't matter if it's a school board out in California or Texas, Pennsylvania, New York, Oregon, Washington, wherever it is, South Dakota, Illinois, Kansas, Nebraska, as a Christian nation, particularly with our education, but all of our public institutions, if we're going to take taxpayer money for a Christian republic, then then those organizations have to strengthen the nation. And the only way to do that is for them to strengthen the founding principles of the nation, which all go back to, to God and the Bible. And here we're talking specifically about the Ten Commandments. One more in 67 Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do not do any work. Deuteronomy 5, 12 through 14. This divine pronouncement became part of the common law inherited by the 13 American colonies and by the sovereign states of the American Union. That's a huge point there too, because that common law was a big deal. That was the basis. That was a large, to a large extent, that was the basis for our laws here in America. And so they're saying that was part of the common law, right? Keep the Sabbath day holy, inherited by the 13 American colonies and then by the states of the American Union. And so again, again, folks, we go back to the Bible. We go back to God. Don't don't let people confuse you or trick you into thinking that we, we aren't a Christian nation or weren't born that way. And specifically, what I was trying to get out, my brain just went away for a second, which I know shocks y'all. Don't let people try and tell you, well, I'm going to be a... <laughs> Somebody said this recently to me online. I'm going to be a secular conservative. That's a that's an oxymoron, folks. It's impossible. You you can't be a conservative, a true conservative that loves our country. You can think you are. You can think you are, right? But you can't really be if you don't put these principles and teachings of Christ first. Like, like the again, the idea of socially liberal, but fiscally conservative. It's just, it's a non-starter, folks. It just can't, it's not going to happen. Uh, and, and we've got to get that across uh, in our personal lives, in our marriages. You know, I was, I was thinking earlier, we're going to do a podcast on this at some point down the road. Again, we go back to family and marriage every so often. How can we, and, and and you can talk to talk to kids about this, because kids are a lot brighter than we give them credit for. How can we claim to love our kids if we never spend any time with them, right? How can we claim to love our spouse if, if they're not really our second priority each day in actions? Well, we can't, right? Well, how in the world can we claim to love America if we reject the founding principles that made America? Well, we don't. It's impossible. And these founding principles, time and again, go back to God and the Bible. So... 
All right, folks, I ran out of time. Uh, as I said, we're going to come back and hit this tomorrow. So we'll go over the fifth of the Ten Commandments tomorrow, and we'll try and finish them up and wrap them up. Um, at any rate, I'm going to have to leave you all for now. I sure do appreciate you all joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. For those of you all that continue to share the podcast, thank you so much. I'm incredibly grateful, incredibly humbled by it that y'all continue to help it grow as it just seems to do constantly. So I'm sure we'll hit a point where it dips back down, but thank y'all. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it.